up, everybody? Let us get started. We have an amazing podcast for you tonight. We have the man, the buff, the legend, Gavin Babcock here himself. I'm super pumped to have him as a guest. But as always, we're joined by our lovely co-host, Cody, the absolute worst. And we got Josh flexing his MVP rack winter. And of course, myself, Paige. But Gavin, I mean, there's talk about off-season of off-seasons. There's been a lot of ramblings. You know, there's obviously big signings that are taking place. But I think one of the biggest ones in my book, especially being such a huge Dismania fan, was watching Dismania pick you up on this off-season. Especially where they're a little bit, you know, kind of slow. And they just, like, lost Simon. And you're the big sign-in, really, for this year. So how's that? What was that like for you? It's, I mean, I, I couldn't be any more excited or like hope to have went anywhere else. I mean, the just getting to throw like literally just all these molds and figure them out. And the plastic is just so premium. And I feel like it's already added a little bit of distance. And yeah, it's just a bunch of like, I'm finally understanding the hype about like a lot of these Dismania discs I've heard, like the FD and the, and the PD. That's been super nice having my bag. And uh, super stoked to be throwing the CD1, uh, which is like the old CD2 mold, which I used to bag way back in the day. So it's, uh, yeah, just tons of good discs that I'm so excited to just get fine-tuned with and and replay these courses this year. Yeah, I could imagine, like, just kind of diving into it. So are you going a little bit more of the some of the older Innova-made stuff, or are you trying to keep our stuff caught up with a lot of the newer stuff? Um, it's a, It's a little of both, but I mean – like the new stuff is like genuinely really good. And it's not like I'm trying to like force the new stuff in my bag. Like I I'm bagging an MD four right now for my stable mid. Um, I I tried a bunch of old FDs, but I like the new, like first run C line FDs better. Um, trying to think what I've like a Doombird two in the bag. Uh, the both PDs I bag are older run and then some like S line DD threes and some PD twos. But a, a lot of the stuff is, uh, is, some of the newer stuff yeah uh p3x are you jamming on one of those yet no uh got, not, a... not right now i got some neo links that are uh that are sort of beef i, okay. I just snagged i i was throwing a lux link and then i just picked up a neo one from the factory the other day and i threw it today for the first time and it's got some really good stability so i'm just kind of going baseline link for throwing and then uh and then the neo one for more stable okay nice. Yeah, I feel like I have to try to, you know, push you towards P3X because, I don't know, that's, like, my go-to, like, throw and put her absolutely love them, and I just saw Eagles at, because I, I live by Huck Lab, so, like, I'll stop by and talk oh, to Jay sick. every once in a while, and so I saw the P3X that Huck Lab's going to get this season, and it's absolutely breathtaking, um, so it's like, I'm just going to get more people on that P3X train so that the new I know, I got... will come out. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a couple... Uh and with me to, to try and see if they'll they'll make the bag i just kind of been there's there's still some some discs that i have that i haven't got to throw yet um and just kind of been waiting to get here somewhere warm and uh i mean there's a huge field right across the street from vista so i'll probably be over there tomorrow testing testing a bunch of drivers pds and yeah just a lot of a lot of testing and fine tuning while uh this these like two weeks before my first tournament so yeah, it's a. Do you have you found a Dismania disc? It's like the goat in your bag, the one that you fell in love with. I mean, I I really I used to throw uh, 
MD3 like back in the day. And that was just like one of the first ones I, I went to my retailer and like snagged an Iron Samurai 4 and started throwing that thing immediately. And I've had that same one in my bag. It's just such a good like throw it on hyzer. It's going to hyzer, hit it hard, flat, can go just laser straight. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, MD3 and probably the cd1 honestly it's such a good just laser beam fairway or just hit it hard flat just slow drift right but yeah those are probably the main two what's um what's the process like going from one manufacturer to another where you get all these discs and you go out to a field do you just pick up a stack of them and think like well i've heard of a link i'm gonna throw it i've heard of a cd1 or do you kind of have some like background knowledge of what you have there with you it's a mix um i mean i've been around like so many different players and seen them throw stuff so i mean i've watched a lot of in the bags and seen what simon nicholas kyle eagle like all of those guys have been throwing colton and uh so i've been watching as many in the bags and like and like different style players kind of have different style bag setups but like there's definitely some common denominators in there and i try to like pick up on those and um but yeah, I mean, some of it is just trial and error or just a recommendation from from someone that I know and then I go try it. But I tried to tent, like I went out and threw like putters and mids all one day. And honestly, I have so many discs like with me that I'm probably just gonna have to go like just putters and then like just mids the next day and then really just like start narrowing it down. But um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of trial and error and and I know the slots I'm looking for. So um so it's kind of like i mean the my my sidearm like four sidearm discs like in my side pouch are already like locked up and for sure what i'm throwing just because it if if i have like a shot shape in my head and i like throw it and like expect it to do something it does exactly that then it's like pretty easy to trust after like a couple of those kinds of shots and so uh yeah so i mean I got some that are locked down, but. Oh, heck yeah. Well, no, I mean, with this mania and you coming off, what was your first full year on tour last year? And so you're kind of coming off to that off season with Prodigy. And then, you know, obviously approaching or being approached by, I'm not sure how that one worked, but with this mania, was there any other sponsors you were kind of considering like signing with this year? And then what kind of do you start to look like or look for out of like a sponsor, especially with like some of these bigger companies? Uh, I was, I was kind of talking to Castplast a little bit too, that had like kind of piqued my interest because they get to throw like a few outside molds and I hang out with Luke Sampson like a lot. And, uh, and I've got to, I mean, I've putted like his Reco X's a few times and like, I thought I could like make it work and stuff. So I was kind of talking to them and then, um, yeah. And then that ended up, I just kind of wasn't, wasn't necessarily headed that way. And then um sorry what was that what was the second part of that question oh just kind of like yeah like what are you starting to look for in a like sponsorship to kinda, oh yeah, yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say um yeah and the uh like like prodigy was wanting me to like sign like a three-year contract and i'm not necessarily like opposed to longer contracts but like at the stage where i'm at i don't necessarily want to trap myself in something to where I think in year two or three, I'm going to be 
ahead of those numbers and it just like kind of outgrow the contract in a sense. And so that's why I was super stoked with the, this Dismania thing. Cause kind of like a, a one year prove it deal to see if I can kind of climb the ranks on the team and, and uh, yeah, kind of get some, get a better contract for, for the upcoming years. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, definitely a great way of looking at it is like taking this next year to be like, well, you're hungry. You've got your first year. You've learned some of those mistakes and those pitfalls and now try to push the season. So yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. I think for me, um, one of the questions I wanted to see is like, usually when you, you see people's biggest, uh, you know, accomplishments on the tour, usually it's tour related, right? Like, Oh, Simon came and won the MVP open. Oh, you know, this happened. Yeah, like Gavin be the youngest USGC winner. You see all of these things, but I feel like for you last year, your biggest like accomplishment on, on the tour wasn't necessarily on the PGA tour. It was, you know, this, the skins match where, you know, here at Portland open or yeah, the Portland open, which is, you know, my home course, which is blue Lake, you hit the $10,000 ace where this was just kind of jackpot, like, you know, just shooting up. What was that like? Kind of that moment, that feeling that just everything that surrounded that, because like, yeah, it's not a holy shot, like James Conrad, but I feel like with that pot going for so long, that has to be something like that was up there for me. And Oregon being such a historical place with like so many of those shots, like it was so great to see it here. Yeah, that was definitely the coolest thing I think that happened all year, like coolest moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I definitely think like my, my finishes at like the majors and stuff were probably like meant more for me definitely. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of the one thing that stands out is the, the ACE because I mean, unless you win the tournament, no one's going to remember what place you got. So that, that was kind of the one thing that everyone still, uh, remembers, but I mean, that was hands down the most adrenaline I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely was, don't mean to was... like take away from the accomplishments. I just mean more. No, like, no, no, no. It slapped yeah, you no. on like all of the pages. Everyone knew who you were all of a sudden. Yeah. No, had, that that yeah. was like a huge. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't take it as that. The, yeah, that was a huge like help get my name out there for sure. And yeah, I mean, I I didn't plan on. Well, I guess I I guess I did plan on taking the shirt off because I, I was like the, the day before I was talking to, to Alden and I was just like messing around I was like dude what like what am I gonna do after I ace like with all this money and just like saying stuff like that all day just being being whatever and then I was like I was like what's my celebration gonna be after I ace and then we couldn't think anything good I was like I'm just gonna rip my shirt off and run it down and then uh and then I like ace just like body rush shock throw all the hands up, start running down. And I just quick split seconds, like take your shirt off. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, but yeah, that was, that was insane. Just being local. So, you know, hearing about that all before I, like, you know, it was released and everything because of the fans, they spread gossip like wildfire. But one of the gossips I heard too, was because shortly after the skins match, you see LaCastro drop out. And the rumor was that LaCastro kind of hurt himself, kind of trying to wrestle you during the skins match. So I had to, I have to ask if there was some validity to that rumor. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right, scripted. I I never want to. I I am done. I'm done with wrestling. I like. I don't necessarily in like. I mean, I I enjoy the sport and like. I would love to go in to like my college and just roll with some people, but like I don't enjoy wrestling people that 
either didn't wrestle or it's just not in a room like in just but people are always trying to like mess with me and uh and they yeah they were like running the mouth for me and then i'm not gonna and then he was kind of chipping back but i'm not gonna be like oh no i didn't say it so i was just kind of letting it letting things happen and then yeah ended up end up wrestling and then yeah it yeah yeah not smart well, probably <laughs> and that's one of those things because i agree completely with you like i love rolling around on the mats but the moment like somebody doesn't know because it's like one of those things like you don't know how to fall you don't know how to brace yourself you don't know how to catch yourself and all those little subtleties are going to hurt yourself when yeah, yeah you know, people throw you <laughs> yeah people people outside the sport it's like yeah that, that i mean it's it's dangerous for me in the sense of like people that don't understand the motions because it is like a a little bit of like a dance like people that are very like technical and can kind of counter and not be like very spazzy and whatnot because that's how like injuries can really happen but and and i'm not trying to just like mean just blast double on or like because i mean we did have to compete but then like he started like going mma and like starting trying to choke me out <laughs> and i was i was initially like one-handed and like because that was the they were saying like i bet you can take him down one-handed and uh and i wasn't like denying it and so i shot in <laughs> one-handed and he started like trying to choke me out and uh and he had it in there like decent but it's kind of like asking someone to play soccer and then they start picking the ball up with their hands i was like i thought we were wrestling i was yeah. like i probably wouldn't have shot on a low single if i'd have known chokes were allowed so i i pulled out of it and just got him in like a head arm choke and just started like squeezing the like tapped and he stood up and was like turning like that and i was like oh no <laughs> and then yeah and then i think the jacked up his neck pretty good i, I felt bad just because yeah. i mean that wasn't my intentions or anything i, I freaking love nico he's always like my favorite pro when i was first getting into sports so but we're we're all good now we're <laughs> we're on the same team so that's that's yeah, that's been bugging me since the PDXL because all I've ever heard was like rumors and rumblings by it, but never anything like official came out because clearly, like, I don't think that's gonna be, you know, publicized like widely. It's just, you know, something that you kind of hear. So I had to ask. Yeah, <laughs> so start, I love, yeah. I love the story. The start the rumor now. Gavin Babcock took uh, Nico down from the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> Credit to all your friends. No, no, Nico. Nico doesn't need any more. Need any more grief. Oh. <laughs> Well, now we're just going to go into it. What is your take on the LaCastro grief? No. Oh, God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not going to go down that. I'm, kidding. I'm totally kidding. We do have a question oh. wrestling related in the chat. So one of our viewers want to know, Greco, freestyle or collegiate? Um, I'll have to say collegiate just because I think that was my – I mean oh, – I just lost a little bit of respect. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just because that's the style – I mean, it's – it's the style I did the longest out of any of them. I mean, but I, I'd say collegiate just because like there's so many more areas I'm like knowledgeable on where I only, I, I started Greco and freestyle and uh, I think it was like, I messed around a little freshman year of high school and then like sophomore year of high school is when I started. So that was like the upper body game and stuff was whole, all new to me, but I, I loved Greco's. I was better at freestyle and but i liked greco more out of those two because my arms are so long i could lock up from like anywhere and lat drops are so fun yeah no and i mean i'm just like for me collegiate was boring the moment i started doing freestyle and greco it's just so slow 
and like so there was just like a different pace to it but i was the same way where i think i was better at freestyle than i was at greco but i loved greco more because of the subtleties of what you actually can do with your feet rather than like because they're not just like oh i don't use my legs it's no you're using them very subtly and how to like manipulate and everything and i fell in love with some of that aspect of it so you know we do have yeah and like (laughs) and like in in greco like you like i I mean, it was over the summer and stuff, so I wasn't always in, like, the best shape. But, like, you could be out of shape and just grind out six minutes and yeah. of just, like, kind of – And um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I always like the aspect of, like, if, if you kind of got caught early in, uh, in, like, folk style, then it was much easier to uh, – for me to, like – mentally stay in it because I know I'm capable in all these other situations of, like, scoring and where if – someone was just like much more dominant in Greco. I'm just like, Oh damn, I got to try to go big here or something. (laughs) But, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, I I don't know. Folk style just could have done it longer, but yeah. And I can see there too, like just being the battle of like, you know, collegiate kind of being a truer, like slower, but you're able to kind of grind. just not over. There's sometimes freestyle where it's like, Oh, like you caught me and boom, it's over. just like that. And it's just like this, you know, some of those are frustrated where it's like, roll, 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 roll. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I, yeah, I it it is it is so, but that's like also what's so sick about it is how like I mean it is almost like a, I mean it's just like it is an art like I mean if you are so good at, at like a leg lock or something and just like you get that tight and it is just like boom 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 done, and uh, I I remember yeah yeah I had some rough first goes when I was first getting into it of these like just kids that. I mean, I was like, I was a decent wrestler at the time in like sophomore year of high school. And then, but like, I was like a noob in Greco and first, first match, I just got bear hugged to my back. And I was like, all right, this is going to get some, take some, take some grinding. But I will say, I love the freestyle wrestler that comes over to collegiate though, because they have like the best scramble game. That was always the funnest thing to watch, where it's just like, oh, you shoot in. It's not just a sprawl anymore. You're you're rolling. There's no points associated with it, but you're finding creative ways to get your leg back and get the takedown. And so for me, it was always yeah. just kind of loving watching like a freestyle like wrestler kind of just scramble in collegiate. So, I mean, yeah. they're not like yeah. collegiate is like my least favorite, but that's by far still wrestling. So I absolutely enjoy it. And you know, just have, yeah. have a blast doing it. But I know we're getting sidetracked with wrestling, guys. So we'll <laughs> we'll cycle back to disc <laughs> disc golf. And you know, somebody wrote into chat as well. Josh, I thought you queued it up. <clears throat> maybe, maybe not. I nope, you did. Nope. Hey, I do have a question. Um, mm-hmm. Like, how? What is the process that goes into like when you are at a company? How do you pick like if you get a signature mold? Like, what do you do? You say like, hey, I, you go to Disc Mania. Like, I'm really loving the md3 do i get an md3 like a signature gavin babcock md3 do they give you a couple choices like i and that could be for any company I, i've just always wondered how that goes it usually is like because i mean i've yet to have one um so i mean but the uh this will be the first year where i'll have like a shield series disc on like this mini's website um but it is usually like in those um like kind of factored into the contract beforehand and then at some point they'll either give you a list of molds or if there's one that but like like for the shield series i'm sure i'll get like a list of molds that i can pick from and pick this i'm i'm jamming on and then 
but like the signature series stuff, like the Lone Howl three or like the Cloud Breaker or whatever, they uh, like I think they kind of get a cater like all right, I want like this mold and this plastic and and then obviously the the runs are like a little more stable and whatnot. They're just kind of varying. Just um, but yeah, I mean it's it's usually factored in beforehand and then just depending on like the type of signature disc and like how high up you are, you kind of get more leeway with like, okay, I want metal flake, like C line, this, 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 and, uh, and kind of have a little more access. Okay. Cause like you saw like, you know, the James shot where he got the envy with all that stuff, but it was like, well, you know, that, that probably did he throw those all the time. So I didn't know, like, if you ever had like, you know, if you aced <clears> something like that, and they're like, Hey, we're going to give Gavin Babcock. He had a great shot with the, you know, a P three X would, is that something you would ever like have a chance to do? Or is that just kind of, I'm time? sure. I'm sure if like, I just happen to have like a, yeah, I mean like a big win or something. And there was like one disc that I was just like saucing all week during that tournament. And then like, uh, yeah, it's not uncommon for people to do like, uh, Oh, what do you call it? Like the, the comm oh, commemorative like runs for yeah. like either tournament okay. wins or, I mean, and yeah, James is shot now. I mean, that, that colorway of the envy and just mass produced, like, here yeah, you go. Yeah. Like you world champ, you just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I'm sure that it's, it's all those kinds of things are definitely situational, but, um, but definitely like not out of the option. If like something crazy happened and it was like, you really, it just really is like how much you are able to sell the disc. Yeah, we okay. have a somebody in the chat that has a request for one. They want that MD4 six series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be that would be sick. Uh, they need to. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they. I mean, I I don't know what all is on their um, to do to do list for this to come out, but yeah, if the MD4 came back, uh, which I'm sure it will eventually, yeah. that'd be that'd be sick. I've been and, I've been loving that thing. And you got yourself, you know, one year contract with DM. So you said like this is the year to like prove yourself to see if you can get a you know better contract on the next year. Like what are the things you're gonna focus on uh on this season? Um while I was laying I was actually I was like thinking about this stuff last night. Um but I was like laying down and it was like the first time I'd ever really had a, the thought of because I'm I'm like highly competitive. I put in a ton of work this off season and this, it was like the first time where I was just sitting there thinking about the upcoming tournaments is like, I want to win so bad. And I've missed like craving that feeling because it is like, like right after I graduated in college, like came out here, skill levels, like out, oh, there's camera, like this, this much different. And I mean, so at that point I was like, my goal was to like cash. And then I get a little better, bump up the goal. And then like last year, my goals were always like top 25s and then get a little better. And then it was really like champions cup where I was like lead card, put myself in position to where I, I could have won. If I just, I mean, like uh, I watched that round quite a bit and just look back at the things I could have kind of cleaned up on. And, uh, and so that was the first time, in a long time that I had felt like I could win. And, uh, and so, I mean, after that, that's, that's the main thing is, uh, hunting down that first one this year. And that would be huge. But otherwise, I mean, just, just keep, 
keep uh, throwing as few shots as possible. I mean, I've, I've been grinding my <laughs> keep grinding my backhand if I can get the rating up a little bit. Like uh, people say, it doesn't matter, and it really doesn't because what you have done, not what you can do. And uh, but I mean, it is a good way to like track your your average progression. And so I mean, raise raise the rating a little bit. Keep growing the social media and uh, and try to try to take down another win and just get on coverage. Well, we have uh, one question that's kind of pre-written in about confidence, so I'm gonna make it a two-parter. So I'll start with the first part because it's just kind of following with what you're saying. When you do a, like a tournament like the Champions Cup and you finally have that breakthrough of like a top five finish, what does that do with your confidence and some of the expectations that go alongside of that? Because I feel like a lot of times when you're watching the Pro Tour, the the difference of like say a third place. And a 25th place is just one to three strokes a lot of times. It's not anything, like, huge. So it's, like, on any one day, it could be, like, the difference of, like, oh, I'm down here, now I'm up here. So when you had that finish, like, for me, I'm somebody that's uh, crippled by expectations when I don't, like, because I'm so competitive with myself. It's just, like, the moment I don't, like, meet some of those or I'm not on track to meet some of those, I start to get self-depreciating, which is something I'm working on that I don't want to project too much, but I wanted to see, like, what that kind of level does for you kind of moving forward um, for having such a huge breakthrough. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I don't know. Cause I'm not a huge, like, like I, I expect Yeah. I, I do expect myself to, to perform well week to week. And, uh, and I don't just like not put in the work and expect it. Like I, I put in the work and confident and then just like, prepare my I just do all the right things to where the expectations should be fulfilled and uh but I mean right after right after that I I I mean wooded golf is more my strong suit I think because I have a solid sidearm and pretty good scrambler and uh but then I mean we go out to Jonesboro and DDO both super windy both open bombers and at the time I wasn't like really throwing super far and so, I mean, it, it was like, I'm up here. I got like ninth at Tallahassee, fifth at Champions Cup, and then like didn't cash, didn't cash. And then now a week break. And it was like, what just happened? And so it, it is it, like, and that's disc golf. Like every week is different and you can just get put on your, put on your butt. And then, I mean, or, or and then turn around the next week and it's a fresh start. So, I mean, it's, it was one of those that like, I was like, all right, that was good for you. You got some really good experience, but don't dwell on that because no one's going to remember who got fifth place like two weeks down the road and three weeks. I mean, like no one ever remembers who got second, third, fourth, whatever. So it was, it was a good thing for me, but I couldn't let that be like, oh, well, I got fifth place at Champions Cup. And, uh, and I, I almost had to tell myself that it didn't matter and to just keep kind of grinding and pushing forward. No, I like that mentality too. Cause yeah, it's, it's about that grind. You got to fall in love with the grind because it's not, it's not going to ever be just easy. It's just <clears throat> this part of the life. But yeah, my second part of that was actually one of our users wrote in. So their, their question was, how do you think the adjustments to a new lineup will be for your mental or for you mentally as you try to settle into the new molds and a new mag? Uh, I think it'll be pretty good. Um, it's it's really just about getting reps in and uh, with good, confident shots. But like some of, yeah, I mean, some of the discs in my bag right now, I have like full confidence in already. And it, it just takes, yeah, just a couple shots where 
all right, I think it's going to flip up this much, fade back at the end, and then it does exactly that. And you're like, okay. And then, I mean, like, I have a cloud breaker and an S-line PD2 for my sidearms. And both of those, I threw, like, three or four just money shots with them, like, kind of in a row. And I was like, all right, these are, like, set. I don't need to really, like, I mean, I'm still, like, fine-tuning them. But I was like, all right, those are taken care of. And then it's just going to be, like, continuous reps. But it's... Yeah, it's really just I know I know what discs I want, and uh, it's it's just going to be about getting reps in, really, and just really knowing what to use the disc for. Because I'm throwing seven speeds again. I wasn't with Prodigy just because I didn't find any that I like really loved, and uh, but with the FD, and uh, and then I roll like a genius, and then I've been messing around with the Instinct too, but those are those have been really, really nice to have. And so it's kind of relearning that stuff and just, yeah, really it's just reps. Well, and I know that's, that's awesome to hear. And I feel like Memorial is definitely one of those courses where it's like, it's great to go <clears throat> fine tune a lot of your shots because you know, like I know the, the room or the, not the rumors, but whatever we, the way everyone talks about it's like, Oh, it's just a, you know, Heiser, 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 but it's still like big pushing Heiser, especially back in and starting to get that kind of dialed in for this upcoming season. I was like, well, it's warm. You got that backhand to kind of work on and that be a perfect place to start, I think, your season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely just more open open course, kind of a little forgiving on errant shots, but um, so it doesn't just, like, fully kill the kill the confidence or anything. And it's like you can see the full flight if, like, you did kind of mishit it a little but Yeah. And I was going to say, too, uh, I know you probably don't know this, but – We've had a special guest on here a couple of times, and they're actually one of our avid listeners, um, but I'm not sure if he's in chat right now. So, But Manny um, Trujillo, who's one of the artists for Dismania, he's been, you know, an absolute beast for Jammers in the Rough. So if you can have, like, do you, are you already designing your, your Shield series artwork, or do you want to give, you know, Manny a little shout-out right now and get him started on that? Because I'm kind of curious of what you're – what, what's going on with what you're thinking and how that's going to come, come designing. Cause I know Casey white came out with his and you know, he had, yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not entirely uh, sure what I want to do yet for like stamp wise, but, or, or really disc. I haven't, I haven't heard or started that process at all. So um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've like a couple options in the back of my head, but I did like last year uh, a suplex stamp of like, uh, the suplex in the the basket and i've i've had a bunch of people like hit me up wanting that stamp to kind of come back and i want so i might i might try to do like a a spin-off of kind of like a the suplex 2.0 type stamp or something but i i got some other other things that potential um potentially could work so okay you can do like the usa logo with like the uh, pro tour stops in the background while it's just right there that'd be sweet too (laughs) yeah no okay well cool i just wanted to put that out there because i mean the fact that you're just going to make it wrestling based because i got an empty part of my shelf right now whereas i can't control my hands that way so i'm gonna fill it up with some babcock wrestling (laughs) sick so uh what what uh tourist stop are you looking forward to the most um i mean champions cup because i mean before that even happened like before i even played well I played the first practice around there, like first time I ever played there. And I 
went on UDISC and changed it to my favorite course, like before the tournament even started. Just, that place is so beautiful and it's just such a perfect course. And the, I mean, there's, there's definitely like some things that they like could change, but just, it's like a well-seasoned, beaten, wooded, fair golf course. And it's so, so good. But that otherwise, hmm, I'm excited for the Mo- Montana one. Is it Zootown Open? That I, I was looking at that on uh, UDIS the other day or trying to find some pictures, and that, that course looks sick. The, the terrain and the trees and everything looked like that'd be a pretty sweet little course. Are you even playing uh, most of the Pro Tour events or in Silver Silver Series as well? Yeah, there might be a few Silver Series. I might not end up playing, but I mean, I'm playing the full full tour this year and gonna yeah, try to yes. put in as as many as I can. Heck yeah! So with the tour, I realized like last year, there's probably one of the most slept on, I think, channels out there. But one of my absolute favorites and charismatic ones. Um, was Alden Harris and you obviously been on there a few times, absolutely having a blast. And, you know, I, you know, couldn't stop my, I couldn't stop watching it because it's just, it's just fun. And it's like, you look at the future of disc golf right there and everyone that was circulating right in that podcast or not the podcast, but that, you know, that vlog, um, Mm -hmm. like I expect like great things from that. Is that something you're going to continue to do like next year, still tour with him, pop up in his podcast, have some fun. I know sometimes. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, a lot of people have been messaging too and like leaving comments like, oh, I hope still see you on the vlogs. And every time I just say sponsorships don't determine friendships. So, I mean, I, oh. it's, it wasn't just because we were all on Prodigy. It just happened that we were all on Prodigy, but we're all really good friends. I mean, we still, we have a group chat with like Alden Gannon, Isaac, and Ezra, and uh, Ezra Robinson. And uh, we're all, yeah, we, we still talk all the time and do stuff. And we, we have, We've been uh, just constantly throwing funny ideas in there, and Alden's got a huge list of stuff that he wants to do. And I think I think this year is going to be better than last. So, oh heck yeah, that's that's great news right there. Because yeah, it's yeah. just you 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 know everybody wants to like break out into the vlogs, but <clears throat> it's not easily to do. It's not easy to be like, okay, I'm going to start this vlog, and you know, here's my ten thousand followers, here's my you know fun, engaging content. Like it's just not because you see a lot of people that just start it fail because it takes a lot of time effort editing um the fact that you guys are all kind of grouped together i think makes it a little bit easier and funner as well because you see that chemistry you see that dynamics not just alden harris trying to you know recreate what's being done it's you know it's organic it's natural you see like culver dolan pop in for an episode it's literally just like that like almost a on yeah ongoing like show where it's like well who's gonna be the special guest this week and what kind of shenanigans are gonna get up to <laughs> yeah yeah there's some there's some main characters in there but then yeah that's what's cool is like he's not opposed to having just like like literally anyone i mean it's it's you'll you'll get some people that are like oh can i be in the vlog and stuff but it's more so just like like when the special like people kind of pop in it's like we have the idea to just like kind of pull them in or Alden does. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the skits are, I mean, so much stuff doesn't make YouTube, <laughs> but I mean, we'll have like, we'll have an idea and then we'll just be sitting there. And next thing you know, like an hour and a half to two hours have gone by and we come away with like a two to five minute skit, <laughs> but it was like, just like, 
almost crying laughing at some at some points and just though it's it's some of some of the best times just like the downtime making like stupid fun stuff like that i feel like that's the kind of stuff that makes it bearable to be like on tour like not that it isn't bearable but having some of those downtown filling it with friends and finding different ways to kind of do that because it's like i can see there yeah. being some like very idle times out there now uh like living your van life right now, do you and talking about like friends kind of segueing on the last question, will you like say like, hey, I'm driving this route. Do you guys want to like link up? Will you will you kind of have like a little caravan? Will you stay at similar places? Is there any sort of like meetup locations that you guys say like, hey, you know, we're staying on this campsite if we're playing at this tournament? Do you guys try and uh, kind of do that on purpose? Um, yeah, it's more so like like well, I mean, it kind of like. Alden, Alden and Luke Sampson are like the two that I'd always kind of communicate. So like, if I wasn't hanging with Alden, then I kind of see where Luke was and vice versa. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is like everyone kind of leaves at different times and gets in. And then like, it's usually, I mean, depending how far away it is, but let's just say like Monday is when like everyone will kind of relink up. But I mean, it's usually all re-meet up at the course and then end up playing a practice round or something and then and then once you see him in person it's like all right where are you staying this week or something or or i will like if it is a shorter drive and everyone's taking off sunday then i'll just be like hey like like you guys want to crash like here overnight or something and then we'll all meet up at like said place and then wake up the next morning at whatever time we want and then take off from there Okay. But yeah, so I mean, it definitely is communicating a little bit on spots to stay. If, like, if it's like a long drive or, or, yeah, meeting up the next day or two. Sounds like some good camaraderie and stuff like that. And like you said, it doesn't matter who your sponsor is. You can still like hang out and do fun stuff like that. It doesn't matter. So I think that's one of the cooler parts of like living that van life that people don't really think about. Like you get to hang out with some of your yeah. buddies between the tournaments and do fun stuff like that. That really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blast. No, I, th I think I like that, that idea too. Cause like, yeah, there's been a lot of tournaments where it's like, man, I wish I can stay, but I have an hour and a half. I have two hour drive back home, like end up like just packing up and leaving. Whereas, you know, be able to kind of hang out with some of them, you know, bonfire picnic, whatever, like just kind of get caught up is always, always something nice and re like reaffirming. Yeah, or you can wrestle. Or you can wrestle. Just find somewhere and wrestle somewhere. <laughs> Just a traveling mat. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Was uh was packing like in your van? Was that like a? Did that take a long time, or have you done this for years? Or what's kind of like your background on like traveling and being a touring pro? Uh, twenty twenty one. I graduated college and uh, and hit the road. But I think graduated in may 2021 and bought the van in like january and then that like those like four or five months uh my stepdad helped me build this out and uh and yeah i mean it's i'm a i'm a big guy like six six three and uh i mean it's every i think it's exactly six three back there so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not not a whole lot of spare room but I mean, it's, it's a lot of sitting up, just like kind of ducking your head and, uh, but I mean, yeah, it, I'm hoping to just get one solid year out of this and upgrade for a bigger van for the next year. 
or next year's and just at least get something I can stand up in. But yeah, I just got some storage underneath full size twin bed, little cabinet room for my bag cart passenger seats, usually, uh, the kitchen <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, I'm sitting in the living room right now. Take your shoes off. You're in the living room. <laughs> well, you graduated college 2021. Did you like, know, your senior junior year that you're like, you know what, I'm going to go tour disc golf. Like what was that kind of catalyst? And, you know, to finish up college and be all in on like this kind of lifestyle, what was kind of that motivating factor? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I mean, uh, oh, when was it? I think it was 20, yeah, 2020, uh, DDO was the first one that, that like opened back up after COVID. And I remember they opened up more spots and my buddy had messaged me and was like, Hey, like, like, do you want to sign up for DDO right now? They just opened up more spots. Like we can go down and stay with, uh, Callaway and Lobber. And so we did that. And I remember I tied for last cash with Callaway and Conrad. And I was like, Oh, like that was kind of, that's kind of cool. It was just three rounds at country club. And, uh, and so I was like super stoked on that. And I was like, huh, like I just kind of just had thoughts of like, what if I put in more time? Like, I wonder if I could do this and then just like played all summer and stuff. And, uh, and then started college and that was like, I mean, first thing back again after after COVID and nationals had got canceled before the season even started. And so I was like, I might just save my body and commit to disc golf. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. And it was it was definitely a very, very nerve wracking uh, process and like just kind of unsure if I was able to do it because that was really my only experience at that level. And my buddy had qualified for USDGC. And so I talked to all my professors, got the week off, traveled down to USDG or yeah, USDGC with them and tried to Monday qualify. And, and I ended up getting in and that was the wildest round that, that round was insane. And, uh, I, I hit this like 70 foot putt on 18 at Winthrop to get into the uh, five way playoff for three spots and then got in on the first hole. And then that, that sign, I didn't ended up not playing well at all, but uh, <laughs> once I got in, but it was like that little bit too. I was like, man, like, if that's not a sign, then, then what is? And so then that kind of helped. And then I got picked up by prodigy and then, and I was like, all right, I need a van. And so bought that and then just full, full commitment. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, we're still going to continue this a little bit, but Cody has to hop off right now. He got his fatherly duties, but Cody, thanks so, for stopping. So, Gavin, it was great meeting you. My wife, uh, she got injured, and I have to go change the bandages on her arm. So it was great to meet you. Oh, great to talk to you. Yeah. yeah, there was a whole yeah, situation with that. that. But yeah, I got to do, gotta do the dad, father, husband duty. But congratulations on uh, the new sponsorship, and I wish you luck on your tour. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And yeah, go, go take care. See you guys. Have a good night. Same man. So I do have a like question to send. This is for my own personal, like I need to figure this out for myself. So they said, I, I come from a rodeo background, a wrestling background and those sports, not only being like a little bit more individual, but also like when you get to that point of like frustration, you can almost turn off your brain, get lost in the rhythm and the flow of the pummeling or whatever, and trust your instincts. Right. Like, cause if you're thinking about it in, 
wrestling, you're already too slow. So you need your body to be in a position to where you're not thinking about it and it's reacting. Um, so one of my hardest struggles when I transitioned to disc golf was there is none of that. <laughs> like for me, there's no turning your brain off. There's 18 holes of like hyper fixation on every little thing. And so I get so like overwhelmed by it, but you know, you coming from a wrestling background, I wasn't sure if that's something that you experienced yourself and maybe what are some of your tips that kind of help you overcome some of that? Yeah. I mean, it's, that was, I think why I like kind of fell in love with disc golf. Me too. In, me too, by the way. In yeah. high school. Yeah. It's just cause it was like, it was so mentally like challenging on like, yeah, we're wrestling. Like if you mess up, you don't have time to think about it. It's just react. But if you mess up in disc golf, you got to sit, walk up to your line. You got how many minutes until you get to try again. And, and it's all about not reacting. And so, I mean, like some of some of my best rounds like my my brain was off i just mm -hmm. like it's and i've been trying to to learn more on like how to kind of shut my brain off and just and just let my body like just think because i mean it's getting to the point here where my i mean i've been working so much on my backhand this off season and it's still not like near where i personally want it to be but it definitely is better than where it is where it was last year and uh and yeah definitely had a much better point but i just need uh, yeah i mean once it comes time on the course you like can't think about any form things any whatever you just have to shut your brain off positive self-talk and and just keep keep your keep your focus on the the present and not let your brain wander yeah and that's something kind of the conclusion I came to because yeah, I'm in the same way with like my best rounds are when somehow I turn my brain off and I'm just having an absolute blast and I'm not thinking about anything, but it's I, I don't know how to how to trigger that organically and it has to happen organically because you can be like, Oh, don't think about this, and then that's the only thing you're fixated on. Yeah, and like and I I think the biggest thing is kind of a cheat code. Um, if you just like don't like Cause it's so easy to get frustrated or get down on yourself after a shot. But like, if, if you don't allow yourself to react at all and just kind of just breathe through it, act like, I mean, if like other people shouldn't be able to tell that you're like upset and that's something I've been really working on. And, uh, and eventually like it could, it, you could have a rough 12, 13 holes and it just like, it, nothing's kind of clicking and then like if you just don't let your body react for me at least eventually i get almost like this little endorphin rush that's like all right we're gonna finish this out the best we can and then like at some point i i start to play really good disc golf and so i've been trying to figure out how to i mean it's it's not always 12 13 holes when that kicks in but i've been trying to eliminate the days where it does take like six, seven holes kind of to get that, like, all right, we need to get going and kind of that adrenaline rush that you kind of get. And it's just like this, like, I don't know. You just accept all the, all the bad things that have happened. And, and it's like, uh, like, it just feels like a fresh start. I don't know. It's, it's a weird feeling that like comes over you, but it, if you just fight the urge to just be upset and just breathe through it and just keep, keep your brain in a good spot eventually like you're gonna play good disc golf 
Yeah, that's, no. that's really good advice. Oh, I've done a lot too. On, I'll try to put it in practice. I got a tournament this weekend that it's kind of a birdie, birdie or die kind of course. So it's going to be those yeah. like the moment you miss, like oh, I I haven't missed this one in years. Like God, like I'll try. I'll try to think about that because that's always my my toughest challenge isn't like the difficult courses. It's the ones where like I have to score because like that's just a whole different battle. <laughs> I know the birdie or die courses. Even like yeah, I mean those. Those will get to you too, because I mean, it, yeah, if you're not, if you're not just on, like, you feel like you should get every hole, but like, I mean, that's that's the thing, though. I mean, even on those courses, like, like no one's perfect, and I mean, I'd like you hear Paul talk about it too, just like he's like, I know I can birdie every hole out here, but I also know that I'm not going to go out there and shoot 18 down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, coming from the guy who like has done it twice, and. And so, I mean, I, that's kind of my thing in practice is I try to see myself birdie every hole. So I know I can, but I know that I'm going to birdie some, I'm not. And it's more so just eliminating the, like the bad holes. Cause I know that like, I'm going to birdie a handful. And so if you can just eliminate the bogey strokes and then just pick up the birdies where you can is where it's money. So even if it is just taking the, the safer, the safer route and playing your percentages where, okay, this one's going to give me a 45 foot putt every time, or I can park it or hit this tree. And now I'm going to be struggling to get par. Like I'll take the one where worst case I'm getting par every time and -hmm. trust my 45 foot putt. But, uh, so, I mean, I, for me, it's been like playing percentages and kind of choosing the, the, the safer, safer routes and uh, more trusting your ability. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, I mean, I think all of that starts to add up and yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm obviously figuring it out cause I feel like I'm making huge steps forward towards like a lot of my goals, but yeah, there's just some of those days where, yeah, it's seven. So I like, wanted to finally get somebody that's on a higher caliber, that's similar background that I can kind of pick apart. Yeah. <laughs> cause it's like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, um, I know we're kind of kind of closing to an end. We try to be around like this 50 to 60 minute mark, but <laughs> We wanted to kind of take a couple of minutes and maybe see what some of your closing thoughts are kind of moving. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's uh, that's reached out. I mean, the support is was more than I more than I kind of imagined it'd be. I, and I'm very, very grateful for everyone that's reached out, sent a message. I try to get back and respond to, to everyone that comments on my stuff and, and sends me a message and to all the people that i mean someone added me to the disc golf lounge and said like let's show them what we're all about and i they asked what molds i wanted and i mean people were just hooking me up with stuff left and right and and i i feel i feel bad because i can't throw all the discs that they sent to me and like put them in my bag and like some of them aren't going to make the bag and i know that's kind of like i mean some people are just like oh like I just want to see you throw the discs like on coverage, whatever. And, and, uh, I mean, I, I just appreciate all the, all the help and getting me the molds and stuff. And, uh, and when I do make the, in the bag, if, if I am throwing a disc that you sent me, I greatly appreciate it. And, I, and I'll, I'll probably reemphasize that, but I, I probably will forget who sent what, because I, I got, I got a lot of discs in the mail and, uh, and it was just so hard to, to keep track but yeah this this support's been unreal so thank you to everyone no and i think yeah. you you hit the nail on the head i feel like disc maniacs 
are a special type of like fan. They're kind of like ride or die. And you can see it with the Simon where like they're legit. Like I felt like I was waiting for the LeBron James burning of the Jersey. I was like, I'm waiting to see somebody like bird, like Simon Lazard's discs or something because they really go hard for their, their pros. And that's why you see somebody like, you know, Dustin Keegan or um, like just, uh, I can't, Nate Perkins. There we go. I can think of his name. Where it's just like, well, they might kind of be falling out of some relevancy, but the fans of Disc Maniac are keeping them relevant. They're keeping buying their discs. They're keeping showing that support. So, like, I know the moment you got signed, you're going to see just that instant rush of fans that is like, oh, this is our our new our new toy. Our new signature disc might be coming about. What's he going to get? Because there's also very avid collectors where they're, they're all about, like, their molds. And, you know, these are, yeah. you know, so it's like I'm just... I'm glad you felt that rush. I'm hope they continue to like support you like moving forward because I know, like I said, they're definitely ride for, for their 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 pros. Yeah, I mean, I've I've gained like since I since I posted that I signed with this mania, I think I've gained like fifteen or sixteen hundred followers, and it was like I was I was kind of just hoping like my goal before I left was to hit I think like seven thousand, and mm-hmm. and I mean I like I'm almost at eight now and I was just like, Oh my gosh. And yeah, I mean the, the fans are, are truly amazing. And that's like, I mean, I, I just am so excited to be in this environment and just on this team. And it's, it's going to be a great year. Uh, Josh, awesome. you want to blast that comment? Uh, um, the so, first one, first part. <laughs> yeah. The, the, so this, I love this comment, so I'm going to let him blast it. Um, so we have a fan that wrote in, jump on the MD1 since Simon is gone. Gavin Babcock for Cherise Neck Bender MD1. No way. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> neck Bender MD1. I love it. Yeah. I'm uh, here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right, hilarious. Josh. What are some of your closing thoughts? Um, well, definitely to piggyback off of Gavin um becoming that goldfish is such a it's easier said than done in a tournament like i played one last weekend or this past weekend and it was just one bad hole after the other and i could not shake it and so that's one thing my like big goal this season is to become a goldfish in a tournament and just forget about that last shot um so you made some really good points tonight that i'm actually gonna grab onto and try them out um, but I also wanted to, you know, since I'm talking now, I wanted to ask you if anybody who's listening wants to follow you, um, what social media accounts should they go for? Um, Instagram is my main one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Instagram's main one. And I have a LinkedIn in my, in my bio to see just like all sponsors and, um, all sponsors and my, my Facebook page is also linked on there. Um. But yeah, the Instagram handle is Gavin Babcock seven, and yeah, I mean that's that's the main one. And then be on the be on the lookout. I'll have one more announcement coming up. Uh, I think it's this Sunday for uh, one more one more sponsor, and yeah, and then uh, working working with some stuff. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't know if I can say that, but yeah, just just be on the be on the lookout. The Instagram would be a good way to see just things that evolve throughout the year with uh, yeah with the sponsors. So, heck yeah! <laughs> All right, well, 
I do want to give a huge thank you for that. My closing thoughts are kind of just simple, and it's just like one, like I am so appreciative that you took the time to kind of be on this podcast because what you kind of see on like the media, like you know the media side, the you know whatever side, and then coming in here and kind of being this kind of different real side. Like I don't know, I'm a huge fan, and I'm looking forward to kind of connecting with you down in Memorial and trying to figure out like you know what the course starts to look like because i'm already like i still i wrote you already where it's like well take some course notes for me because i'll be driving down and <laughs> you know i can any, any shortcuts are going to help me so for me i'm just definitely going to be watching your career a little bit closely this year and you know definitely a huge huge fan already because of like the the history you made here in portland because that's definitely circulates around like portland golf and so ever since then i kind of been like checking up on you but even more so now um definitely going to implement a lot of your tips because that's something that you know, I continuously need to work on, but you know, for me, it's always, uh, I'm always curious when athletes and different type of athletes that had their entire, you know, childhood or whatever for a sport, what are those athletes going to look like in disc golf and how is that going to kind of set the trend moving forward? Because, you know, there's been a, such a wide array of like non athletes, athletes here in disc golf where they're not like the traditional, I guess I should say they're not the traditional athlete, you know, they're not, you know, training since kindergarten for this one sport mm -hmm. and honing their bodies to be a perfection of this so i'm curious <clears> to see you know what because i've already like i remember i was listening to uh the interview you did um with i can't remember who it was but you were talking about uh oh wrestling and lifting like destroys my body and that's what i was so used to but now i'm switching to yoga and i'm switching to calisthenics and you're already, and that's like an athlete mind where it's like, oh, this style of workout's not going to work because I did the same thing. I was doing strongman. I had to cut strongman out to focus on disc golf, but I didn't pick up my yoga. I didn't pick up any of the things like I knew I should have. But, you know, watching how that starts to transition and how that starts to blend into disc golf because all of that's going to start to carry over. And so for me, I get excited about seeing kind of the implications of that. But yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a, I mean, still, still is tough sometimes. Cause I mean, I love like going in and just like destroying my body and lifting heavy and just oh, like the it. feeling. Yeah, it's thing. so it's yeah, <laughs> it's so good and it's such a good like outlet and uh, and yeah. But I mean, like I, Gannon lives like thirty minutes away from me, and uh, so I'll go over to his house and hang out sometimes. And and uh, and he's the one who like all last year is like you're just so stiff, you're so stiff, like you're you're heavy on your feet, you're just so stiff, and like so. I was trying to like basically like lose, like lose muscle, maintain strength, like just kind of gain flexibility. And I mean, I'm back down to around like 200 pounds and uh, two, 205, somewhere in there and kind of cleaned up the diet, been, been doing some yoga, been doing some body weight stuff. And just gotta, it's I just gotta get in my head that I'm, I'm a, I'm a disc golf athlete now. So I have to train, train for disc golf and not train for, for whatever else my mind is trying to, to get me in. So I got to talk myself down on the ledge sometimes. And, and sometimes it is just a, a good, hard 30 minute workout. And that's all, I mean, that's all I need as long as I'm not in there just messing around. Like, I mean, I go in 30 minutes, good yoga, 30 minutes, good, go play. And I mean, doesn't need to be in there for two hours and just tired and just get in, do what you need to do, get out and play disc golf. Yeah. Yeah. No different. Especially I feel like that van life, like it's going to be hard to maintain like, you know, weightlifting kind of physique because you sit for like, Oh, I'm going to drive for eight hours, <laughs> but being able to kind of 
work that yoga stretch is going to make driving a lot easier. It's going to make it like less impactful on your body. And so, yeah. But that's, yeah. yeah. So for me, that's kind of what I get really excited about watching you because I haven't fully committed to it because I'm the same way where I like, I love destroying my body. I love, you know, grabbing a log and pressing it up and, you know, just that feel of that just gives me <laughs> nourishment. And so it's like, well, yeah, I know I need to stop if I'm going to take disc golf any more seriously, but it, I also don't know how to stop because I love, I just love it. Like I do yoke carries and that's like, it stabilizes my core. It keeps me there. Atlas stones. It's all about my core, but it's like, Oh yeah. I showed up to a disc golf tournament with my whole forearm shredded because <laughs> the Atlas stone <laughs> and the tag just yeah. ripped, ripped my skin off. Probably isn't the best and healthiest thing. And, you know, having to like, you know, rip at whatever arm speed I have doesn't really feel good either. So it's like, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. eagerly watching you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was calisthenics and yoga is something I'd never, never really like kind of went into. And, uh, and so it, 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 I think that helped because all the expectations of like, of, Oh, you used to be able to lift this, but now like you're only doing this. And, and then like, I mean, I knew what I, I was capable of at one point when I, that was like, my main goal was just to lift heavy. And then like, when I'd go back into lift, like I, it would just be lighter weight and that would kind of bug me because it wouldn't necessarily feel like it's actually doing anything for me. So just starting a brand new type of workout and a brand new type of like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I would consider, I don't know what I'd consider yoga, but I mean, it can be a workout, but just two new things to me and just put me in a beginner slate. So I have no expectations or anything and start fresh. I think that helped me a lot of just getting that like lifting mindset out of my head. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> that's where like that mind's eyes though. Like it's the worst thing sometimes. Cause my last workout I did, I wanted to work depth in my hips and get healthy hips a little bit. So I was doing squats, but I wasn't doing squats heavy for like the first time in a while. And it was like 135 on the bar and I'm doing sets of 15 but I'm like just working slow depth and I just like it bears where it's just like people are looking at me they're judging me and it's just like you know like I haven't done this light and so like it's outside of warm-up in so long <laughs> and it's just yeah you know, like turning that brain off somehow because like nobody's judging you nobody's looking at like oh look at that big guy over there squat such lightweight or look at that guy stretching <laughs> like nobody's doing that but I am I'm doing it to myself in my head so um yeah with, with that i know we're gonna be mindful of time so i did want to thank you again if you're looking for any dismania disc and you've had a hard time i do have like a kind of a like vast collection of old oops old innova made dismania as well as some of the new stuff i love the metal flake fd3s i think they're very comparable to the Doombird twos um but just a little bit flatter so with that if you ever need anything just feel free to hit me up but also, it seems like you have more than you probably throw in a lifetime right now. So yeah. I get that as well. <laughs> a lot of a lot of FDs, a lot of PDs. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, I, I appreciate that. If I if I'm ever looking for for something, I'll I'll keep that in mind. All right. Well, let's give a shout out to our sponsors. Josh, you want to pull up our, our sheet? <laughs> so if you guys without these guys, we wouldn't be able to do the show. So I know you. I know you've seen Dark Ace at uh, <laughs> at the tour at the tour stops because they made a huge push last year, and so Dark Ace is one we want to highlight this year. I know or this week. I know they're doing some amazing things. I know George is kind of going through a little bit tough time and it's kind of deactivated some of his social media. So, you know, but Dark Ace is still around. They're doing great. So go and show them some love. But also check out our other sponsors. But more importantly, 
with Gavin being on here, go check him out. Um, go give him a follow. Those are the biggest way we can kind of support some of our pros for being on the show. Yeah. So with that, guys, keep jamming it in the rough. We'll see you next week. Right. Oh, tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. We got back to back this week. <laughs>